0: Well, well, well. Welcome back.
1: So this is the first week where we're not going to be reviewing our fantasy league. Because that's ended last week. And we're going to be going over the playoffs and our predictions. And so... Although,
0: yeah. I am killing it in fantasy basketball.
1: Oh, really? I joined,
0: a, I joined a public league and I'm the top scorer so far.
1: Oh, really? Who do you have?
0: Damian Lillard, Shay. A couple of uh, Pacers guys, Devonta Sabonis and Miles Turner. Miles Turner should be the pe- defensive player to be by better way, Or at least he's the frontman. Giroux, Holiday, Montreal Harrell, Darren Fox. See, oh, Jeremy Grant, he's a Detroit guy.
1: I don't know basketball, so I don't know any of those players except for Danny and yeah. Or Yeah.
0: I'll, I'll have big names, like uh, some of the other teams do, but I feel like my depth and overall roster is way better.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Like, the guy I'm going against right now, he has Ben Simmons, Paul George, Anthony Davis, <laughs> Gordon Hayward. Like everyone knows those names, you know. But
1: yeah. i beating I'm him, so. I wouldn't take Ben Simmons. He's not that much of a scorer.
0: Um, he's averaging – how much let's see oh yeah I guess not but he's great on the defensive end so I, I, defensively he gets points that way so
1: yeah well, I mean I just remember from the past couple of years just Ben Simmons can't shoot threes or shoot at all so, so yeah
0: he's taken a couple shots uh this year and actually made it
1: oh wow I think yeah
0: I, I, it wasn't that it wasn't that he couldn't make threes it's just that he never attempted and oh. uh, so he started to and you know They're not super consistent, but, like, they're still, like, not, you know, terrible.
1: Better trying than nothing. Didn't it take him, like, four years to make a three or something like this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It did.
0: It's really funny. People always joke that he hasn't improved since he entered the league, but he was also a rookie of the year and, like, all-star the year he entered the league, so. Yeah. Anyways, um, enough basketball. We'll get into our whole NFL predictions, playoffs, blah, 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 blah. The first matchup of the weekend was Colts-Bills. And our predictions were, well, my prediction was Colts 24-7, 24 to 27, sorry. So a three point difference there. would have held bills to three points lower than they actually did. So I did get the actual score right, just flip flopped it a little bit. And then you said bills thirty to twenty four. So you got the colts' final score right, but uh, you thought bills would score a field goal more than they did. So I was go.
1: close. You were both. Yeah,
0: I was. I was happy with um, the colts' defensive performance for the most part. This is a bills were a team that was entering the playoffs i think it was like the statistic, the statistic was in their last six games they're averaging 38 points per game oh well wow. 38 and so ho- holding them to 27 i can be pretty happy with considering we didn't force a turnover And I don't think we had any turnover on downs necessarily. So we made them punt a lot and always like managed to get good field position that way. But, um, I wish the defense, uh, the defense was more explosive or like, you know, actually cause like some more things to happen that were like, uh, you know, just turnovers and whatnot. We got a couple of sacks, I believe, but that's just about it. And Josh Allen kept escaping the pocket. It was a similar issue we've had with Deshaun Watson where, you know, you know, we can't get our edge rushers to really trap him in his little box. And then on the offense side, it was like we had a, an amazing game plan going in that was going to beat the Bills. Like It was ex- like the strategy and the game plan alone was it going to beat the Bills because the Bills didn't come to play that day. They weren't top-notch at home that day. We couldn't execute anything. So many dropped balls. Uh, a missed field goal a guy who had been on injured reserve all season neutral zone infraction on a fourth down when it was just supposed to be a hard count and like they weren't going to do anything and then you know you would they would have left the field attempted a field goal but instead he did the neutral zone infraction they got the touchdown other than that no, yeah, there's just a lot of uh, execution flubs. And I think it's just because it's a very young team. For example, uh, Anthony Costanzo, our left tackle, just retired. And so T.Y. Hilton is our longest tenured player. And he joined in 2012. And so it's a very young team yeah. with little veteran presence. I would say, like, Justin Houston and Philip Rivers are, like, the older guys on you know offense and defense who like really take the veteran presence role but they haven't been with the Colts that long and they're also free agents entering this offseason. No one really knows where the Colts will be next year because there are so many free agents and so many offseason needs like quarterback left tackle or left tackle just retired. Cornerback I would say because we have some cornerbacks on fr- free agency. Wide receivers because we don't know if we're bringing Ty-, T.Y. Hilton back just yet and also we need more explosive playmakers anyways because He had a very late, like, start. Like, he wasn't very successful all season. Even if we were to keep him, you know, I think we need another big playmaker, like a wide receiver, too, at minimum. An edge rusher, uh, similar to, like, a J.J. Watt caliber because, you know... The ones we have right now haven't been super effective. Quarterback is always the biggest overriding question, though. Like, before we can make any other decision, it's like, who's the quarterback? Yeah, that's what I think. I don't think Bills played that well. I just think we're a very young, immature team that, you know, we have the right guidance and the right play calling. I mean, a lot of people are making a huge fuss over Frank Reich's play calling. And over Phillip Rivers, even though Phillip Rivers was not the problem at any point in the game. It was just play first playoff jitters because it's been a while since Colts have made it. So yeah. I think that's all it really came down to. Uh, yeah. So, you know, disappointing, but also at the same time, it's like, ugh, even if we were to, you know, barely etch out this win, there's no way we were going to be the Chiefs, for example, who, you know, they have the playoff experience and the coaching and everything they're just a a perfect team almost you know there's no way with what we have right now how young and immature this team is seemingly despite the the talent is there it's just the maturity needs to get to the next level
1: yeah i mean like you have the o-line you have like certain structures where you can build off of that so it's not like you're completely starting from scratch, too. So you're going to have a good like next five years or whatever. Just in a
0: yeah, we, we, I don't know if we ended up talking about this last week because I don't even remember when it got released, but the all pro lists got released. Oh, I don't think talked about this. The Colts tied the Packers for the most first team all pro selections.
1: Oh, wow. That's crazy.
0: Despite being a seventh-seed playoff team that is, like, relatively young Mm -hmm. and whatnot, we ended up tying the Packers. I think it was Darius Leonard, Quentin Nelson, DeForest Buckner, and then George Odom, who's, like, our special teams guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, He leads the league in special teams tackles, like, by a long shot. And maybe there's a fifth in there. I don't remember if Packers also had four or five, but... Yeah, we, I, all I know is that we tied Packers, which is te- Packers' number one NFC seed, led by Hall of Fame mm-hmm. MVP quarterback right now, Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, we definitely have the talent. It's just, you know, immaturity.
1: to do like a season recap or whatever on the Colts of like your final thoughts on the season as a whole. Final you-
0: thoughts, I think I predicted 10-6 entering the season because I wasn't very confident in Phillip Rivers. And I didn't know how great our defense would start out, which I was right with Jacksonville. The first Jacksonville game defense did not start out great because lots of new pieces. No one was really sure how it would go. You know, we had uh, Xavier Rhodes and DeForce Buckner become starters on the team without having played on the Colts before and not having a true off season because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So defense was just like kind of a mess. I was very impressed by how quickly they got like the hang of it. Like, they communicated very well. They had the chemistry. I just think it's a very fun, passionate team. Well, uh, just talking about the defense as of right now, like the defense is so tight knit and close as a group. It's like a brotherhood, and it's just really awesome to see. Like if you know a couple more pieces were added, this might be like an all-time great defense that like could not be stopped. Unfortunately, uh, you know, teams later down the stretch managed to see where our weaknesses lied and uh, took advantage of that. But to start out the season, we were amazing as a defense. You know, it's just like like one or two more pieces. And then I think we're pretty much set. And like just maturity as well. I mean, it depends on how much offseason, you know, practice these guys are going to be able to have. As for the offense, my, my concern was Philip Rivers and the lack of playmakers they would have because Marlon Mack... Um, ended up out like first game and you know offensive line I never had to worry about it was just the playmakers wide receivers and running backs because also Paris Campbell for a second straight season was going to be a starting wide receiver ended up Getting on the injured reserve secondary season. Yeah, between those two groups, I was very concerned. At the very beginning, tight ends stepped up, like Moali Cox, Trey Burton, Jack Doyle. They all really stepped up because philip Rivers, you know, is more comfortable throwing to tight ends, like historically with Antonio Gates and whatnot. And yeah. then the other running backs stepped up. Naheem Hines had an all time high in receptions. Like he's a great receiving back. And I believe an all time high in touchdowns in a season as well and then Jonathan Taylor rookie just you know started popping off midway through the season and then T.Y. Hilton started to get things together and like certain like practice squad guys in the wide receiver group started really doing well at various points you know no, none of them have been none of the wide receivers I guess specifically have been too consistent like Michael Pittman rookie he wasn't necessarily very consistent but he was known for getting a lot of yards after the catch and like that was a big deal for us to be able to be that explosive downfield, but uh, because he's a rookie, he wasn't that consistent, and he had a ch- couple. He was one of the guys who had a couple of drop balls and in, uh, in the Bills game. So same with Jonathan Taylor, even Naheem Hines, who's not a rookie, but uh, a guy who hadn't been to the playoffs yet. I guess offense just like needs those uh, playmakers in order to help Phillip Rivers thrive because Philip Rivers, uh, it wasn't a career high in like completion percentage or turnover rate, but it was like closer to where his prime was than we've uh, we have seen in like a good five years yeah because uh you know the narrative was that philip rivers wouldn't be able to sustain his success because he was too turnover prone and whatnot but then frank reich took him in again gave him the good offensive line and he started to really make just better decisions because he had more time he seemed to re- he seems to really care about this team like his his uh post-game interview after the Bills game, it's just very sad because he himself doesn't know like what's going to, what his future is going to be. Like even if he gets the offer from the Colts, he doesn't know personally and like with his family like what the best decision would be going forward. Because by next December he will be 40. So yeah, he just has like a lot of decisions to make, and he still like we still don't know what the Colts in general are going to decide to do because you know there's just so many options it seems like right now. Like everyone's talking about Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford and Matt. Ryan and uh, Carson Wentz, of course, like all these different guys who are seemingly wanting trades and all that, Mm -hmm. and the free agents, free agent possibilities as well. And then yeah, draft. I may have said that. So yeah, I guess the recap was like this: this stint with this certain with this type of team wasn't one that was going to be able to continue with the very similar group going on next season, just because we have so many free agents this season and we know we can't bring every single one of them back because whether they're going to be requesting more money with their contract or you know how old they are how much experience they have it's just it's just all in question and so this was kind of like a make it or break it sort of season where it was like okay we've got all these pieces that we kind of just shoved into place this could be a chance to be a great team but we only have this season and Mm -hmm. that was that was kind of the issue if we managed to get pieces in place that could be developed over more than one season. then I feel like so much expectation and dress wouldn't be on this season alone. and that's why a lot of the Colts players are really disappointed in you know a first round exit. I mean, we still have the piece we still have a lot of great talent regardless of what happens after this off season. and I still think we're one great off season, another great off season because we've always had great off seasons. Within the past five years, except for the Andrew Luck retirement, we're just one great offseason from being a Super Bowl caliber team. I think the, uh, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, so I would say in general exceeded expectations, especially from the the depth of the team and how much like passion and like wor- their work ethic and everything like that. Like I didn't realize how much chemistry would be there for this team but i just hope it is able to be sustained into next season that same energy now that we're gonna have to get rid of some guys and bring some new guys in and even our defensive coordinator he's getting all these head coaching jobs so we can not even be sure that that guy who made this defense such a success will still be there Mm -hmm. so like it's a lot of difficult questions like i could easily see next season maintaining that energy But I could also very easily see a huge drop-off where we go to like 8-8 and or something like that, just like suddenly. This offseason is the biggest offseason for general manager Chris Ballard for his whole career. It's going to be quite intense.
1: It's going to be interesting to see where that goes.
0: As for the Bills, defensively, they are really great. I will say. I think a lot of the stress for the Bills this season was on the offense because that was what was making a lot of the mistakes in the prior season. And then they bring in Stefan Diggs and then Josh Allen just matures a little and, uh, you know, really takes the time to really perfect his throwing and his decision making. And all of a sudden he's an MVP candidate and Stephon Diggs is the receiving yard leader. And so all of a sudden now the offense is like the highlight of this team. But a lot of people really don't realize that that defense is a huge deal as well. Like they are insanely good. That's what and I uh,
1: the playoffs last year or yeah. whenever that was.
0: Yeah, they these guys are definitely worthy of the second seed. And they have a good chance of beating the Chiefs, I think. Chiefs are still my favorite to get the AFC berth in the Super Bowl, but I would not be surprised to see Bills do it as well. Whereas with the Ravens and Browns, mm, (laughs) not so sure, but Bills, Bills Chiefs would be the perfect AFC championship game. Maybe even worthy of being called the real Super Bowl, quote unquote. Yeah, as uh, some conference championships tend to be. So
1: I feel like the Chiefs just replaced the Patriots as the next dynasty in the AFC. Cause yeah. It's like, he's gonna beat the Chiefs now. For the last like two decades, it was like he's gonna beat the Patriots to get into the Super Bowl. It's like every year you knew that the Patriots were going to make it to the Super Bowl and the championship. But now it's the mm-hmm. Chiefs. And I agree that the Bills are the most likely to beat the Chiefs out of the AFC race this year. And it's going to be interesting to see how yeah. that turns out. Good
0: job on your correct guesses. Uh, two correct guesses within that matchup. I guess we can move on there. I guess I can always talk about Colts more, like offseason needs and whatnot in the, like the later episodes. Yeah, for now, obviously that's not what anyone wanted to see from the Colts. Mm-hmm. that's a Colts fan because of how much talent there is on that team you wouldn't really expect them like on paper like that's not a first round exit right it was, it was the first playoffs so like just making the playoffs alone as a seventh seed was just like wow at least they made it because they very easily could not have by being that talented so I just think you can carry that confidence into the next season like wow you know this team is a real deal they have proven a lot even mm-hmm. if they didn't get the result they wanted so and
1: i think the afc is so competitive as well so like you said just making the playoffs yeah. is very difficult after like the playoffs and after the super bowl we can do an episode or maybe during as we wrap up and wrap up the super bowl and make react to the super bowl and stuff we can do like off season yeah. as well and where we think the eagles yeah. or, the culture, or these other teams are going to be because i think that will be a short very short podcast if you just reacted to the Super Bowl game because it's only a singular game so we could go more in depth into the offseason where some of these teams go yeah definitely I guess let's move on to the Seahawks and Rams game very shocking to see the Rams put up um
0: yeah up- yeah Rams uh, was Rams put up 30 that was not what we predicted so our predictions were both for the seahawks i said 23 to 14 you said 17 10 so on average between us we thought rams would get like 12 points and then they went way above that and got 30 man seahawks just that is one of the biggest drop-offs and expectations for a team i have ever seen because to start the season they had the mvp favorite they had the super bowl favorite locked almost Within the first, uh, let's say, five weeks, even DK Metcalf was getting uh, some buzz for Offensive Player of the Year. So like, they had all those pieces. And it's not like they don't have great defensive pieces either. They have Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner. And they have a great coach who's done it before. They made the Super Bowl before and won the Super Bowl before. And it's just like, why not? But then all of a sudden, just, I don't even know what happened. It's just a huge drop off in performances on both sides, defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. Defense, if anything, probably picked it back up towards the end of the season and then completely fell apart again in the playoffs. I think, I think overall, it was just out Coached mm-hmm. because Rams on a performance and execution level, they don't put up that many points. Like their offense isn't that high powered, or just like they're not a, a scoring type machine. But I think coaching wise, they just had everything going for them, and Pete Carroll just got out coached.
1: Hi. Um. I want to say hi real quick. Hi,
0: hey, <coughs>
1: Hi. Hey, Janet. How are you?
0: How
1: are you? I'm great. I think the biggest shocker out of this game was the Rams scoring 30 points because you kind of expected the Seahawks offense not to perform that well but like you said the Seahawks defense was picking up B towards the end of the or picking up momentum towards the end of the season where you would expect them to like dominate the Rams offense especially since the Rams offense hasn't been producing points as well the fact that the rams could score 30 points and dominate the seahawks like that is very shocking
0: and uh seahawks fired their offensive coordinator not immediately after the game i think well what day is it i think it was just yesterday so i
1: guess they,
0: they gave him a good four or five days
1: i solely blame russell wilson and dk metcalf for how my season ended because they just like completely
0: flopped i don't even know if i can necessarily like i I don't know who to blame i just feel like this is such a unique circumstance where like i don't know what went wrong with this team because it's similar to the colts in a way where like they have a lot of great pieces on both sides of the ball hall of famer quarterback um certain like all pro defensive players and some great all-star type you know Uh, offensive pieces as well you know Mm -hmm. I would compare DK Metcalf to be almost as explosive as Jonathan Taylor for some reason the depth on the Colts and like the chemistry overall just seems to be way better or more prevalent than the Seahawks I think that's where the Seahawks fall apart. They just don't have the best communication chemistry to like work together as a team. And so they fall apart. They're just, it seems like they're just all individual pieces doing their own thing rather than working as a unit. Like I I think Colts defense does best. They really work as a unit. I've never seen so many like gang tackles on a defensive like performance than I have with the Colts against like the Texans or you know some of the other AFC South teams like they really gang up on a guy sometimes and that's like it really shows like they work as a unit and like I don't see that sort of energy from the Seahawks at all despite having similar caliber talents on the team
1: it's confusing as well because you think the offense the members on the offense have been around for like a few years now with like Russell Wilson being there. Since 2012. Lockett being there for a few years. DK Metcalf his second year. And I don't know about the offensive line, but some of the running backs have been there for a few years. So it's strange to see that their offense fell apart, especially because I think their offensive line has gotten better as well over the yeah. past couple of years. So like it's strange to see the offense fall apart. It makes more sense that the defense fell apart, especially in the beginning of the season. Because they lost most of the what what were they called a couple of years ago? Their defense, the Legion of Boom or whatever. Yeah, Legion of Boom. Yeah. Yeah, like, I le- about that. like losing um Sherman, losing I forget the other pieces that they lost, but it makes sense yeah. that the defense fell apart more than the offense, but it was just strange to see the offense collapse as they did. I also think
0: Seahawks, they have this weird unit type run with Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde. And maybe if there's a third member as well that we we typically see from like Bears, Cardinals, Browns, even the Colts, maybe before Jonathan Taylor's popping off. But for some reason, they are very like not successful with it. Mm. I think their rushing game needs to improve a lot more in order for Russell Wilson to be more successful with his passing. Because like, you know, we'd like to see MVP, like primetime Russell Wilson that just like he puts the whole team on his back and just like throws for all those yards, whatever, like, you know, similar to like what Deshaun Watson does. That's not a Super Bowl level team, you Mm -hmm. know, as much as we'd like to see that sort of MVP performance from Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson more than anything would like to be, a super bowl performing team and if you want that then you also have to have an equal amount of success in the rushing game so that the defense you know has to be on edge on both sides like oh if they're going to rush then we really have to take care of that but also their passing game can be equally as dangerous whereas like if the rushing game is unsuccessful then it's way easier to get at the quarterback and like do you know, have better coverages because they know that they're likely going to pass more if their rushing game is unsuccessful. So I think that's whoever they find in their next offensive coordinator, make sure that that guy knows the rushing game. And Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be an issue with the Seahawks because obviously DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson are the, you know, the lead guys. And so they might even like let them in on the hiring process of the offensive coordinator and... I just want Russell Wilson to know, like, hey, man, you may have some, you know, weigh in on this, but make sure that's not all about your individual performance. Make sure it's for the team as a better, like your rushing performance needs to be way better. I just feel like if they put too much focus on what Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf needs individually, that they're going to find a guy who is going to be very pass heavy, which it feels like was the downfall of this team this year is that they got way too pass dependent so i don't know i feel
1: feel. feel like that's them every year or ever since michon lynch left where Mm -hmm. they struggled with rushing rushing because i think last year russell wilson was accountable for like 95 or like 98 percent of all the touchdowns uh the seahawks scored i feel like I think it was only, like, a running back scored one touchdown out of the entire year or whatever. So, like, Russell Wilson is dealing with no running backs for his entire career as a Seahawk, I feel.
0: Oh, shoot. What? I just got some breaking news. Um, This is more basketball, actually. So, kind of, like, not re- relevant. But with the, have you been keeping up with, like, the
1: James Harden trades and stuff like that? Uh, not really. A little bit, but not as much. So I don't so, know as much. So,
0: so the drama is like James Harden has like in the during the summer, not during the summer, but like during the off season, he like went to social media is like I want to be traded. Like he let everyone knows like I want to be traded. And then he came late to training camp and all that. Like clearly he doesn't want to be there. And last night they uh lost to the Lakers. He went to the post game thing. There's nothing more I can do here this team is something that can't be fixed and then he walked (laughs) off
1: dang so disrespectful
0: yeah so uh houston rockets they don't want to just like trade him away with like whatever the first offer is he's one of the greatest players in the league right now obviously they want to get something in return and so they're just like we're not afraid to make him uncomfortable and keep playing for us if we're not going to get the trade we want right but after he said that apparently the breaking news is that they're making james harden stay away from the rockets like he's not allowed to come to practice or anything until a trade is complete really so he's not i don't think he's going to be playing another game for the rockets at all
1: wow that's crazy What is is he just like not going to play or put any effort in or why do you think they made that decision no i mean
0: he completely put the effort in. he's put up well he hasn't put up amazing stats actually he i think the The statistic was the last four-game stretch. Yeah, the last four-game stretch, he's had uh, less than 20 points in each game, which hasn't happened since 2014 or something. Like, he's always within a four-game stretch, has had at least one game with 20 or more points. Yeah, I mean, there's also a lot of other, like, really good players on his team now, DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall. So like he's not the only one who's able to get points anymore because Russell Westbrook as a a scorer wasn't that successful in the Houston Rockets for some reason last season. But also I think, yeah, I don't think he's been as inspired to, to play as well. I think it's just a – you know, mentally, he's just very strained because clearly he doesn't want to be there. So, it's like – it's hard to put the effort in even if you wanted to.
1: Wait, where did Russell, West or Russell Westbrook go? Or is he still on the Rockets?
0: No, yeah, Russell Westbrook went to D.C. He went to – Washington, Wizards. Uh, that was the that was the big trade. It was John Wall for Russell Westbrook. So, John Wall is now on, on the Rockets. Russell Westbrook is playing with Bradley Beal. Both teams aren't doing good, though. Rockets and Wizards are not doing good. Russell Westbrook is playing, like, amazing over in in Washington, though. Way better than he ever was with the Rockets. Sadly, him and Bradley Beal are the only players doing well on the Washington Wizards.
1: So, Russell Westbrook only plays good on bad teams? <laughs> Supposedly, yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Um, even though his MVP with the thunder
0: thunder was was okay then. anyways um i guess i can connect that to football with Deshaun Watson hey Deshaun Watson there are ways you can force a trade if you really want if you really want a trade to happen there are ways you can force a trade also a Houston organization by the way Houston Texans that poor city man <laughs> <laughs> they, all they are losing like their two like best players and they yeah. freaking city i guess their baseball team has been pretty successful even though they they cheated mm-hmm. in the world series or the the season they got the world series at least i don't know how the houston fc is doing in the mls and i doubt there's a houston hockey team maybe there is I don't know.
1: Hey, so do you want to go to the bucks washington now
0: yeah that was a little um halftime <laughs>
1: or A little break from football talk.
0: Bucks Washington was pretty close. Eight point game. So I guess that's just a one touchdown, two point conversion. Possession, all that was needed for Washington to tie that up. Obviously, like everyone knew going in that like Washington offense wasn't going to do much. They did more than we predicted though. So I predicted Buccaneers 26 to 13. You predicted Buccaneers 38 to 17. I guess we both like, I undershot the Buccaneers score. You overshot the Buccaneers score and kind of like met in the middle. Yeah. And game 31. But We both undershot the Washington score. They actually ended up putting up more points than we expected. So yeah. I don't know if that says more about the Washington offense or it says a lot about the Buccaneers defense because – you know, Buccaneers defense has been really good at the end of the season or just like actually throughout the whole season, I would say the Buccaneers defense has been really good. I- I'm not going to say 23 points is a lot, but it's Washington. Like they don't have much
1: going for them necessarily. Yeah. I think it's more of a shocker that the Bucks defense did bad because Washington's offense coming into it is just so depleted. And I think they're the worst team entering the playoffs uh this year so it's like 23 points i feel is a lot more than what i expected them to do even 17 points right. as expected seemed like a lot alex smith I-, I think he got hurt again i don't know why he wasn't actually- yeah yeah alex smith wasn't even playing which was like supposed to be the big storyline
0: like alex smith come back play of the year but he couldn't even play so Taylor Heineke from Atlanta, Georgia, who's played on the Vikings, Patriots, Texans, Panthers, and the St. Louis Battle Hawks, which is the XFL, by the way. That guy, he just randomly got the start. I wish – I think – I'm not sure if earlier in the season he actually did get the start or not.
1: He ended up getting hurt, too, and a fifth-string quarterback ended up coming in, too, which was shocking. And then he actually got, like, a passing touchdown. But Washington's offense is not – Like, the worst is just their quarterback situation is not good at all. So, they ended up playing, like, a four-string quarterback. But they have some pieces forming, as in McLaurin and Gibson, those were good running back, good receiver. But still, playing out 23 is still impressive.
0: Oh, he played week 16 against the Panthers, which was a loss. He had one touchdown, no interceptions. Completed 12 out of his 19 attempts. Which isn't terrible, but, like, he just didn't get a lot going necessarily yeah yeah i guess there's there's two yeah i not much to say just like will tom brady be able to and i guess it's the preview will tom brady be able to beat new orleans Mm -hmm. in their third matchup this season you don't typically hear about tom brady losing the same team
1: three times in a row but i don't know it's a different team for him buccaneers can buccaneers do it oh and uh antonio brown too he's starting to light up the world a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's bringing it back. I think it was, the I saw a crazy statistic. I forget the exact year. I think it's four or five years. I think the last four or five years, the most touchdowns by a receiving or by a wide receiver, like catching touchdowns. It's like Devontae Adams, obviously got top at like 58, but Antonio Brown, even being out of the league for the amount of time he has, is tied for 50 fifth place or fourth he's tied wow. for fourth in the top like five receivers and like receiving touchdowns in the last five years so it's crazy how good of a receiver <laughs> He was, and if he would have actually played and not had that like mental breakdown with this, I I think it's some like brain injury <laughs> or whatever. But I think he would have had a crap ton more yeah. receiving touchdowns. And debate if he's the best receiver in NFL history, but definitely probably debate best receiver in the league. You wanna? Yeah. Uh, went on his mental stint. I guess we can go to Ravens-Titans now.
0: Yeah, this was my favorite game of the weekend, of super wild card weekend. Um, Not just because Ravens beat the Titans and the Titans I hate, but just because even entering the game, there was already so much beef, you know? Mm -hmm. These teams had already played once before this regular season when Titans were like all on the Ravens logo, just like, before the game doing their thing and then the head coaches had a little you know battle of the words Then not end up shaking hands after that game and so when the Ravens got that turnover in the fourth quarter they all went out and danced on the Titans logo mm-hmm. and I was like man this rivalry is going to be a marquee matchup going forward mm-hmm. like next season and the seasons after like this is the type of matchup I want to see in every postseason yeah I don't care
1: yeah
0: like i don't care if titans make the playoffs i just want to see them play the ravens now because it's just such a i don't know i think it's really cool rivalry after lamar jackson won he said that he didn't respect the titans after what they did he refused to go out and shake any of his hands he ran right into the tunnel and was like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna interact with those guys after what happened last time and even beyond that the titans were the ones to upset the ravens last year in the playoffs Mm-hmm. derrick henry running for all of that and then somehow the defense managed to you know figure out lamar jackson in the postseason and stop him when he was having his MVP season and they were like i don't know what were they 14-2 or something like that
1: yeah they were 14
0: the reversal of fate and i think it's just a beautiful thing to do
1: yeah and it ends the talk or stigma around it, when will Lamar Jackson get his first playoff? Uh when when is it gonna come? Everyone was talking about that and he finally did it. So he mm-hmm. proves to be or he gets that much better and proves to be an NFL quarterback that much more. And he, and did- he
0: was playing great. It wasn't just yeah. like you know, he ended up getting the win, but wasn't playing great. He was playing great. I think that's a big thing. And they held Derrick Henry to like an all time low amount of yards almost. But yeah, I think um, was- I don't know the exact statistic.
1: It may have been like 46, I think I remember hearing. I do know that might have been the entire team. I might have to double check that because I don't want to say the wrong thing. I only watched the first half of that game with my dad, but it looked like the Ravens or it looked like the Titans were just dominating because I think they got like to a 10-0 lead and Lamar Jackson threw that interception and it just didn't look good. For- oh yeah, it was
0: it was around ten nothing at first. That's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry had eighteen carries for forty yards, so not a great performance by him at all.
0: Yeah, it was a low-scoring game actually, but it was still like high octane because of just like the energy of both of the teams. Like you could tell the Ravens really wanted to beat the Titans. Like there's that beef, you know, and the Titans are just you know mo- very momentum based as well, so. I would say both teams are, and so you know it's just gonna be a, a fun game when you know those two teams are coming up against each other. And yeah. so our predictions, um, we both thought it'd be a high scoring game. Uh, I said Ravens thirty seven to thirty five, so very close there. And you said Titans thirty five to thirty two. And so I got that right. Ravens win, but neither of us could get either of the scores right. Um, and ended up being twenty to thirteen, just a touchdown game. That's yeah, crazy.
1: Way lower than what we expected.
0: Way lower. I think our lowest score that we predicted was you saying
1: Ravens would get 32. Mm-hmm.
0: And Ravens ended up getting 20 to win it.
1: Yeah, so. yeah that's crazy. The Saints-Bears game, uh, I didn't pay too much attention to that. I, all I saw was... Me neither. All I saw from that game was the Nickelodeon stuff. I was so confused. <laughs> yeah. I was so confused. on. What I it- heard
0: about that a while ago. And I was like, this is going to be so stupid. And then yeah. lo and behold, it was so stupid. Like they they kept making comparisons of the football players, like Nickelodeon characters. So they were saying like Alvin Kamara. And there was this graphic of Alvin Kamara being compared to Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks. What? Which like doesn't make sense at all. But because they were both Alvins and, you know, kids love yeah. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. But uh, I think the real highlight of that game, though, was Nate Burleson on the Nickelodeon stream because I really like Nate Burleson in general. He's a funny guy at uh, Good Morning Football. Just the way he tried to, like, dumb it down to the kids was just so hilarious to me. Like, he, he called Taysom Hill and was like, Taysom Hill is the kid on the playground who can do anything. And I was just like, it's oh. true. He can run, he can pass, he can receive. Like, he's not wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Stuff like I that, that was, really
1: was pretty interesting too to incorporate that. And did you see the f bomb on the TV by Patterson, where the ref didn't like mean his mic or right and he was like calling a poundier, or whatever for exactly what he was calling and passion, just like came up with him and he was like, "What the fuck?" And he like <laughs> heard it on like television and stuff.
0: Yeah, he uh, went to Twitter and was like, "I swear that wasn't me." <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was really funny. But I really like Cordero um yeah. shame Chicago is just bad but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah. yeah it was not a good game someone was t- tweeting out like man if you wanted to get kids into football why would you show them the
1: Bears I yeah, like, so <laughs> yeah that's exactly that's <laughs> better like games to show them
0: and then Mitchell Trubisky it was like salt in the wound after he lost he gets told that he won the Nickelodeon most valuable player oh it's just God. like what does that even mean
1: yeah like what <laughs> I feel like Nickelodeon doesn't even pay attention to sports. Like, they could have picked any- – No, it
0: was, like, it was, a, it was a live poll.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: so I guess anyone could just go in. And so, I guess, you know, Chicago being the fan base they are, they just went in and said, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky,
1: Nickelodeon valuable player. What Like, they could have picked any better team or, like, game, yeah. like the Steelers or Browns or whatever. But yeah. so uh,
0: we, we both predicted Saints. I said twenty-eight to twenty, he said thirty to sixteen, it ended up being twenty-one to nine. So Saints actually didn't score as much as we thought they would. Yeah. You know, that goes to show Bears defense is not a joke, but their offense is the only putting up nine. So
1: and then it was kind of sad at the ending with Jimmy Graham because he like the last touchdown, it was like twenty-one to like three for the longest time or whatever the final score was, but the Bears got like a final touchdown at the very end and like Graham like grabbed it with a one-handed and he didn't even care and he like got the touchdown dropped it, and just like ran into the locker room and it was like I hate this team
0: yeah poor Jimmy Graham was he on the Saints
1: yeah that's what that's made- <laughs> yeah like he was like probably the best tight end at that moment like moment in time and then his downfall was just like crazy after the Saints released him or whatever Poor guy. Like most people were considering him like the best tight end when he was actually good, and he had like a 99 overall Madden thing and stuff, and it was just crazy mm.
0: the downfall he had. Yeah, I-, I think I do remember him on the Saints, but uh I think his whole downfall or whatever that was more so took
1: place after I was not really paying attention to the book. I think he's been on the. Um, hasn't he been on the Packers, Seahawks, and bears though i forgot. <sighs>
0: yeah that's right i do know he was on the packers i think i do remember that i don't know where else he's been all right the highest scoring game of the weekend though because we didn't really get many high scoring necessarily games yeah. was Steelers browns but it was not the way we had hoped it would be browns had a 28-0 lead in the first quarter which is insane to mm-hmm. so just get 28 points in any quarter isn't it Browns were out for blood, yeah. They they didn't have a coach, so they were just wild in general. Like they had, they were just all energy, no containment from their coach or, you know, no calming them down. They were just they were out for blood. And you know, Steelers have been cocky all season. Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, they're all just. Cocky guys on that Steelers team, you know, saying all the all that stuff on social media about how Browns is the Browns and dancing on logos and all that stuff. Like they needed to just get beaten bad. Yeah, and I'm glad. And I was hoping that the Colts would do it because we did have that amazing lead against them to start out, but then Steelers came back, and that was my worry after the 28-0 start. I was like, I don't trust this lead. You know, if it was 28-0 by the third quarter, maybe I would, but 28-0 in the first quarter. Quarter. anything yeah. could happen and lo and behold Steelers were starting to bring it back it came down to a 12 point deficit at one point mm-hmm. but Browns unlike the Colts managed to close it out they got some more scores in the defense came up clutch on really good drives and uh, Browns really deserved that win even when Mike Tomlin a great coach was really starting to get them to rally
1: to come back, but 28 is just such a huge deficit. I'm so happy that the Browns like the way that bless you. I'm so happy that the Browns like killed the Steelers like this. We're not like killed, but like had a big lead throughout and like dominating like this. Because what you said with like Juju and them making stupid comments, and Juju sa- said gonna. You know, uh, I don't know if it was an Instagram live or a TikTok live or whatever, but he went live like, a couple hours after the game, and he was just, like, the Browns are still going to be the Browns. They're going to get, like, destroyed by the Chiefs, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, Chase Claypool said that as well. And also, Eric Ebron. he's
0: one of the cockier guys in the league as well, even though he's dropping balls all the time, so. Yeah. I'm glad we don't have Eric Ebron on the Colts. I feel like he wouldn't mesh well with our current roster, but – whatever
1: yeah wait it was chase claypool my bad i thought it was juju so,
0: oh well yeah they both said wild things yeah
1: i just know that juju was at the <laughs> next at the beginning to or before the game was saying that but i think it, yeah it was chase claypool he said that yeah
0: correctly. yeah so juju before the game said browns are the browns as like you know just saying like he's not worried about the game and then after the game chase claypool did the live thing and said that they're going to get destroyed. They're both guilty. Yeah, Chase Claypool is one of the most annoying personalities that come out of the season. The dude is fast and he can catch a ball in the end zone. That's, he can't run routes. <laughs> can't, he can't, he even drops the ball at like on key possessions sometimes. I've seen, he's just like on the straight routes right to the end zone, he can get those. And that was the, the one time he like popped off that one game. That's all he did. You know, if you want to make it big in this league, you can't just have that one game where you're able to shake up a cornerback yeah. just by flying past him. You know,
1: you actually have to do more than that. It was against the Eagles where he had that huge game. So it's like not- it
0: was against the Eagles. It was like literally not saying that much. And ever since he was just so cocky about it, and everyone's like, "Oh, this guy is offensive rookie of the year now," yeah. and everyone was just like praising him, and he was like endorsing that as well. Like he was one of the guys who's, like, really trying to get people to say that sort of thing. It was just like, yo, chill out, rookie. Have some, I don't know, respect.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, he had a decent year, 62 reception, 873 yards, and nine touchdowns. But still, like, that's not, like, out of the, like, flying colors like Devontae Adams kind of numbers or, like... Oh, yeah, it's still a good rookie season, but it's, like... Yeah, I don't think he's a hype like you know
0: the statistics look really great but I think when you look at what he does on the field he's almost like a non-factor until they're trying to rally but from behind or like just trying to go for the deep ball and all of a sudden he's like well because like that's where he's he's, he's great with those things I, I mean I'm not gonna deny him that but it's not like he's an all all-round perfect receiver you know like Justin Jefferson. is Justin Jefferson. He can run routes. He can really shake up defenders.
1: Steelers, I said this in the past, but, past, but Steelers breed hockey players. I, I,
0: I, I think it's true. I think
1: that is absolutely true. And uh, one last thing. The Steelers lost four out of their last five games down of the season after starting 11-0. and So I'm glad that their season ended like that. If only Colts can make that 5 of 5 Yeah.
0: That was one of the more disappointing things, I think, from the Colts this season was that, again, some of the better contenders of the AFC, they couldn't come up clutch mm-hmm. because they lost to the Browns and the Ravens, even when they weren't playing that well at the beginning of the season, they still ended up losing to them. And when the Steelers were on their downfall, they ended up losing to them, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's something that we have to improve on, I guess, because we play Bills in Miami next year. In the regular season,
1: so. That's going to be an interesting game. And
0: I hope we destroy the Patriots. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
1: I also hope that you guys destroy the Patriots as well. I'm right. so excited
0: to play Patriots when they're at their worst. Like, this sounds so petty, but I don't even care what quarterback they end up getting. I don't care if it's Matthew Stafford. I hope we destroy them. Anyways, yeah, Let's uh. So, overall. Oh, wait, you got that uh, that prediction right about the Browns being the Steelers but neither of us have the scores right we thought it'd be more low scoring in that game more of a defensive battle which it was not
1: uh, well, I said
0: 21 to 14 I said 21 to 14 you said 24 to 21 for the Browns I said for the Steelers and it ended up being 48 to 37 so <laughs> final scores because getting us a, a score right is five points and getting a, a team win right is 10 points the scores ended up being 45 for you and thirty for me. Oh well.
1: Wow. Yeah. So you're up fifteen. That's not a big lead. The there.
0: scoring. No, no, no. It is not. And the scoring gets more steep coming yeah. in to divisional weekend. This this weekend we're doing scoring a bit differently. So it's fifteen points if you get a winner of a matchup, right? right. Uh, getting the final scores are still going to be five points, but there's an additional prompt, which is predicting which player. Scores the first touchdown. Ooh, okay. In each matchup.
1: So are we predicting... That's also
0: that's also five points.
1: The winner, if we guess one correct, the winner gets 15 points, right? And then...
0: Yeah, like Chiefs versus Browns. I say Chiefs, Chiefs win, then I get 15 points, yeah.
1: And then we're also predicting the scores. Like we did last week, yeah. So yeah. if we if we get
0: one one team's score, then we get five points. But if we actually get both sides right, then we get, you know, ten, because five times two. Yeah. And then players the player who scores the first touchdown. Um, that actually means scoring. So it can't just be Patrick Mahomes passing to someone, right? That doesn't count. Yeah. It actually has to be the actual catch or run in. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. So, okay. Um so here who are you uh, predicting first? Um,
0: I actually should probably – this is what I should probably do. I should probably look at the schedule because I don't know which games are actually uh, first of this weekend.
1: Um, well, it's the Rams-Packers at 435 on Saturday, Ravens-Bills at the, – that's the night game at 8 o'clock Saturday. And then you got the Browns-Chiefs uh, Sunday afternoon at 3.00. And you got the Buccaneers-Saints at 640 for the night game.
0: All right, let me rearrange what I have it here. I think that's good. All right, so I guess, yeah, what you said, we start with Packers-Rams. Packers got a little break this week. Just got to watch, you know, the games unfold. Got to see what they uh, their – Potential future opponents can I put up? And uh, Rams coming off a good offensive battle against the Seahawks. So Packers, I don't think, have the greatest defense. So that might be a good sign for the Rams. But this is MVP Rodgers. He's not afraid of no Rams defense. He's just going to sling the ball the way he does. And they got Aaron Jones in the backfield if they ever need him. So
1: who you got? This isn't no Russell Wilson-led Seahawks team or offense. So I'm going to... Mm -hmm. Predict a little bit of a blowout, not much, but I think the oh. Packers will win this game, and the Packers will score thirty-five, and the Rams will score twenty-four. No. Whoa. whoa. Okay. 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 Wait, 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 whoa.
0: Rams. Whoa, okay.
1: Rams score twenty. Yeah. Dominican. Oh. Okay. Rams score
0: twenty.
1: Yeah, and then Packers score thirty-five. Like I said. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Awesome.
1: And the first touchdown, I predict, is that an Aaron Jones rushing touchdown.
0: Oh,
1: Aaron
0: Jones. Interesting. Yep. Okay. I could see that happening. For sure. For sure. Who do I have? I, 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 aye. Okay. I have the Packers. Ooh, okay. I don't think it'll be as big as a blowout as you think it'll be. I think it'll be a bit closer just because... You know, I, I want to give credit to the Rams after all. But, um, I think it will be Packers. I'm going to go 34. One under you.
1: <laughs> and Rams, what? 24. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to yeah. do like 20 or some <laughs> shit like that. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. Rams, 24. Okay. Which, yeah, I think is very reasonable for the Rams yeah. to get. And the player to score the first touchdown... I'm also going to go a Packers player, but when I'm looking at the Rams defense, who do I think of? I think of Aaron Donald, inside defensive lineman, who can easily swallow up Aaron Jones, so I'm not going that direction. I think of Jalen Ramsey, who can... you know, I don't think Devontae Adams will have much of a problem with him, but I don't think he'll be a big priority in this particular game for Aaron Rodgers because you can't undermine Jalen Ramsey's abilities. Mm -hmm. So why not go in the middle to a tight end Ooh. by the name of Robert Tanyan. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Who was a Pro Bowl snub, by the way, mm. this season. Um, Aaron Rodgers said it himself. Robert Tanyan just is a great, great guy. And he does do well in the end zone, as we have seen this season. So not necessarily the best odds to get the first touchdown of the game, but I still believe Robert Tanyan will put them up early.
1: Okay, okay. A little, little underdog here. But I I can Mm -hmm. see it happening. I can see it happening, especially with Aaron Rodgers always throwing in and getting a crazy amount of touchdowns. I mean, Robert Tanyan's 2020 stat line was 52 receptions, 586 yards for 11 touchdowns, I think. Ooh, 11 big ones. 11 big ones. I think we both had him at one point during the season. Yeah, (laughs)
0: we both picked him up briefly.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had him when he was, like, real hot.
0: And then yeah. also I had him for a cold game, but yeah. That's just how he is.
1: I think he had like um, three touchdowns in one game during the regular season. Yeah, he I did. What
0: that was. That put his average up real
1: high. Yeah. At least it wasn't next to Eagles. That's all that I have to say. The
0: next game, the, the night game of Saturday, will be Bills versus Ravens. Bills coming off a you know a win. A win is a win. When's a win? No yeah. matter what, a win is a win, no matter what. Hello. Lucy <laughs> a cat just came up um but it wasn't the greatest win we yeah. can't deny that you know Bills were like a, a six-point favorite in the Vegas sporting book odds I guess um and it came down to a field goal that was missed by the Colts that could have you know tied it up then you on the other hand you have the Ravens who actually were able to rally past a Titans lead you know, so it shows that they can come from behind and score points. I think, I don't think it's impossible to see an upset happening here because Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson after all. And if he gets hot, then I don't think any defense can necessarily stop him, not even a Bills defense. But regardless, I got to go with the consistency from the Bills throughout the season. Ravens just haven't shown that consistency. And I don't think there's the same. Rivalry type energy to get them past the Bills. I don't think Ravens have anything against the Bills necessarily, in the same way they did the Titans to really prove something. Mm-hmm. So I think Bills, who
1: feel like they have more to prove right now, I think it, it's got to be the Bills for me. Um, you know, I'm going to save my upset because I last week. Oh, what a cute cat! I like your cut. i wanted to save my upset pick for oh. the Bills or for later. Oh. Uh, yeah. But um, I don't want to spoil anything I just did, but I'm going yeah. to keep with the Bills. I'm going – wait, did you say the score and stuff?
0: Oh, I didn't, but I was going to say that later.
1: Okay, so I'm going to say the Bills are going to win. And okay. the score is going to be close. Sure. But I just, I just dislike the Ravens because of how close they are to Philly and their fans are really annoying, like the Steelers. Of course. But I'm... this is hard. I, I could I can see this going high, but I can also see this being a low-scoring game. But I'm going to pick the Bills, 31, and the Ravens, 27. Okay, 31 to 27. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that. I like that. That's a
1: pretty good guest. And for the first touchdown, I'm going to say that Lamar Jackson rushes it for a touchdown.
0: Oh, big LJ. Yeah. And really starting out strong there, okay. Yep. So okay, so it'll be the Bills who will have to rally from a, a deficit, yep. Unless you know, Bills get like three field goals in a row, which in which case Lamar Jackson getting the first touchdown would not be impossible. But, yep. anyways,
1: and I also have to add on Janet's dog is also named Lucy. Oh, really? Yeah, Titus's cat is named Lucy.
0: <laughs> well, it's not. My cat, my my or. cousin would be really mad at, to hear you say that this was my cat. But. Yeah, <laughs> because Lucy only likes her, but then all of a sudden I come in and Lucy Lucy finds a liking to me for some reason. But it, the same with Caleb, my <laughs> yeah. dog likes him more.
1: Here's the cat. It's a cute
0: cat. I love
1: green eyes and like black cats. I think that's so cute. Yeah. Like I just love it so much. Mm -hmm. Orca calico and
0: green eyes. Yeah, Lucy's always getting in the way, though. Anyways, I'm gonna go the opposite direction, actually. Okay. And say that Josh Allen will get the first rushing touchdown, or, in the similar way that they did in uh, the playoffs last year, Josh Allen will get a receiving touchdown. Either way, it doesn't really matter. Josh Allen, um, because we know Bills have some trick plays. Yeah. Josh Allen has gotten a couple of receiving touchdowns in his history with the Bills. His short history with the Bills, I would say. Bills, I think, will improve offensively mm-hmm. and put up around the same amount of points that they did to end the season, you know, that thirty-eight average. I'm gonna go exactly that. I'm gonna go thirty-eight for the Bills. Oh wow. And say Ravens, we'll give them twenty-one. Oh wow. That that's like a blowout. That's a big blowout there. It's a bit of a blowout, yeah, but uh I think it will seem closer than the score indicates until maybe like the last quarter i think that's the way it'll kind of go it'll kind of seem back and forth but the bills come up clutch in a way Mm -hmm. yeah oh my gosh this cat is scratching me
1: okay the next game the next or the first afternoon game of sunday Mm -hmm. is the brown chiefs who you got yes
0: um chiefs easily Uh, I don't think it'll be a blowout necessarily but I don't think it would be like a field goal difference either so somewhere in between like a seven to ten deficit I'm still trying to decide there I'll say Chiefs put up 27 I think that's kind of like a mid-range between being a you know a low scoring and high scoring game I don't think like Brown's defense is, like, a joke. And, uh, you know, Chiefs haven't played their starters in uh, two consecutive games. So, uh, Well, two consecutive weeks, not games. So it might take them a bit to really get it, you know, back into the game. Uh, I think they might even have to rally from behind in a similar fashion that the Chiefs had to do in literally every game of the playoffs last season. But, yeah, I'll I'll give Chiefs 27, and I'll give the Browns 17. That's how I'll go. And the first player to score will be a Browns player by the name of Jarvis Landry, just because I really like the way he's been playing Okay,
1: yeah, in this late stretch. I have the Chiefs here, but – or coincidentally, I also had the Chiefs scoring 27 points. But since – but I'm going to change my points with the Chiefs just because to be different from you, (laughs) just so we can have, like – if it comes down to that, you know. Like a little bit different. I'm going to say Chiefs 30. Not much off of yours. Ooh, okay. And I'm going to say the Browns. I want to stick with you though on the Browns 17 points. (laughs) (laughs) So there really wasn't much of a difference. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. But um Yeah, which player scores first? I'm going to pick up the little upset here. Out of left field, I'm going to pick Le'Veon Bell scoring the first rushy touchdown.
0: Interesting. That is, yeah, you're right. That is not what I would have expected you to say. Even though I know you're, you've been quite the advocate for him, even picking him up as soon as he got traded to
1: the Chiefs. (laughs) I'm, I'm actually a big fan of Le'Veon Bell. I liked him in the Steelers because he was like, he didn't seem that cocky. I know. I never thought he was that cocky. Yeah, I like think-
0: uh, yeah, he just seemed pretty, you know, tame compared to like Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster,
1: yeah, all those guys. And he's like a really good running back. I mean, not as much anymore. He was a really good running back, and I sure it's been a while. He's a little part of my heart. I think he has
0: potential. Okay, there you go. There. Uh, next, we have Saints second seed. I don't think they have looked amazing necessarily, but obviously their offense is no joke. Hall of Fame Drew Brees. Alvin Kamara being Alvin Kamara. Taysom Hill, who can do anything. And uh, I don't know. is uh, Why am I forgetting his name? The wide receiver. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Is he out? Because I know he was out
1: to end the season a little bit. He but was, I'm not was, sure. if he, yeah. he was there. He was there. He played against the Bears, and he got his first he did? touchdown, yeah. He oh, was, okay. Because I, I didn't know, watch much of that game, so I wasn't sure.
0: Um, okay, good to hear that Michael Thomas is back. So, offense is no joke. Defense is also pretty good, but they've I, I, I wouldn't say they're that consistent. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Buccaneers are very similar. Lots of high-powered offense. Defense has performed really well, even though at some points not as great as you'd like to see. Um, Hall of Famer quarterback, of course. The only issue is they don't really have a strong rushing game. And I think that's the one aspect... That if you had to go back and forth and really see what the big difference between the teams are, it's that Saints have a pretty solid rushing game. Mm -hmm. Whereas Buccaneers can't necessarily get it started. I know fumbling has actually been an issue for them on the rushing side at some point. So That's why I would see Saints favored. I mean, they also are just the higher seed coming into these playoffs as well. So I will go with Saints. The issue is, I think that if Saints were to play Rams or Packers, I think they would actually not win. Oh, really? So whatever – if Saints are to win this game, whoever they play in the NFC Championship, they are just not going to win. And, you know, fl- free free Super Bowl berth for <laughs> whoever ends up facing them. I feel like – I just feel like Saints won't be able to get it done in the championship game. But uh, I think this little divisional rivalry between Saints and Buccaneers, the Saints just got it on lock for some reason. It's just one of those things where – for some reason, Buccaneers can't get past this one team. I think that'll just kind of be the story, and maybe even a huge narrative next season when they play the two games against them. And you know, the hope is Buccaneers improve in the off and really come after a, a Saints team that is without Drew Brees. That's the other thing. I also, you know, as much as I don't like Drew Brees, I think you know he'll have a, a somewhat successful last playoff run. I just feel like that's kind of the thing. Whereas Tom Brady's going to keep doing his thing in tampa bay for another couple of seasons so i have saints close game a nail biter per se what am i doing what am i doing 31 to 28 that's really close and high sc- a little bit of high scoring too Dang. yeah not bad first player to score the touchdown i'm just gonna go alvin camara i like <laughs> that guy i think it's pretty pretty typical but like i'll just go alvin camara also i haven't chosen a running back at all so in the past answer so
1: let's go ak all right, so I alluded to this a few minutes ago, but I'm going to have the Bucks winning this as my upset of the week because I want to at least pick one upset every week. I don't know. Like I said last week, I don't know if I want to do it to the Super Bowl because of how dominant the Chiefs are going to be. I agree with you. It's going to be super close scoring. I'm going to pick a little bit. Snuggle <laughs> right into your lap. I'm going to pick a little bit low scorer than you are due to the defenses because the Bucks defense and the Saints defense has been playing pretty good lately. So I'm going to say 17 Saints, 14 Bucks. 17. Wow,
0: that is low scoring. Yeah. Ooh, still a field goal difference. Same with me. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And uh, who do you have the first player to score a touchdown?
1: I'm going to say Michael Thomas scores the first touchdown.
0: All right. We both got equally talented Saints guys. Yep i like it
1: so that just about wraps up the podcast but the last little smidget that i want to talk about is the little free agent or free agent mess or free agent um drama that happened already with the eagles with uh, doug peterson oh yes doug peterson is out of philly so i i was thinking about making a video about this just talking about my thoughts but i'm gonna do it here Mm because uh i want to do like the mismanagement of the Philadelphia Eagles in the last four years and then like the start of a new era yes. with all the like free agent drama or whatever has happening so I want to keep all my thoughts for the or like actually like shorter video all my thoughts there but I just want to get my like first initial reactions here I just I don't I don't know I like Doug because he's a Super Bowl winning team or he's like a Super Bowl winning coach I should say I really like him because of that but like just of what he's done over the last couple of years is just, I'm kind of happy that he's gone. It's a shame that we cut him this early or like released him this early. I thought he, we would give him at least a couple more years and I wouldn't be mad if we gave him a couple more years. I think this is going to keep Carson Wentz or more likely going to keep Carson Wentz inside Philly. Because the only reason why Carson Wentz was requesting a trade was because of his relationship with Doug Peterson, and since Doug Peterson is out, then I think Carson Wentz is going to stay in Philly. That's not like a guarantee or anything. I'm not saying he's definitely going to stay in Philly, but I think he's more likely to stay in Philly now since Doug Peterson is out. And I just hope that they actually hire someone that's good, a good coach that actually knows how to call plays, actually knows how to sufficiently run the offense. And with Jim Schwartz is also out of Philly because he's taking a year gap just to see where he's at and he's considering retirement, but he just wants to take like a year off. Who, so who's Jim Schwartz? What was his position? He's uh, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. Okay. And he's been with the team for five years and he's like a really good coach and, or really good defensive coach. He was like the Lions head coach for a little while, way more better at being a defensive coach than an actual head coach. 'Cause he was that um on that team of the Owen sixteen Lions. He was that head coach. Oh yeah. He yeah. was
0: that Jim Short. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, but he's like a great defensive coordinator. Like I love his schemes and stuff. A little bit shaky this year, but like he's one of the reasons why the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and won it. But he's just taking a year off just to see where he is mentally and stuff. And he's getting up there in age. He's considering retirement. So he's we don't we're not going we're going to be out a defensive coordinator and a head coach next year so like free agency is already steaming but with doug peterson i think it was a little bit me premature but i like the decision and i just think that we should fire harry roseman as well too mm-hmm. because the decision making is not great and i think the only reason why doug peterson actually got fired was because his poor management and his relationship with the players jeff lorry i I think that's his name, the Eagles owner, was just like brought him in for a meeting. And basically, Doug Peterson was like, if you're not going to let me make decisions here, then like then like I want out or whatever. I don't think he exactly went like that. But then like Laurie just like fired him. And he was like, basically, Yeah, the
0: rumors are that he was almost
1: asking to be fired. So like, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, Doug Peterson obviously lost it. (laughs) i think that was it i don't know if it was motivation or just like he lost touch with the spirit of the team but he just didn't feel like he represented the players voices at all Mm -hmm. and i think that's the same with the general manager i think that may even be the same with the owner i just feel like they're out of touch with what the players desires are and like what they really want i think it's also just a hard fan base to really be a part of as well philadelphia is very tough on their organizations uh, sport wise so you know i mean head coach of the nfl you know that's only there's only 32 people every season who are able to have that opportunity and that's because it's not an easy job and you can be a super bowl winning coach but that doesn't mean that you can stay with the team for the long haul you know yeah to win a Super Bowl and to have longevity and maintain a, a, a team's trust are two different things. And uh, when you think of Mike Tomlin, that's a guy who's won Super Bowls and has always been a, a voice for the players and always been like someone the players can reach out to. But when you think of, I don't know, like uh, Harbaugh, who's now with Michigan, you know, he led the 49ers to a Super Bowl, but clearly, he was not loved and as respected by his players and Mm -hmm. so I just feel like it's a similar thing with Doug Peterson like he just kind of lost touch with the the core values of the Eagles and uh and that doesn't mean he's necessarily a bad coach it just means it stopped being a good fit for him and Vice versa, like, the players just didn't seem to connect with him as much either. Like, obviously, Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, and whoever else seemed to just have issues with the organizing, organization in general, and there has to be restructure in there in order to make that work because even if Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz leave this off season, that's still going to be a problem for whoever else is going to step up as the veteran, you know, voice for the locker room. So, yeah
1: i agree there you go yep um so yeah i just wanted to add that at that little end just since it's like big news but um yeah so that's the podcast uh thanks for joining and see you next time
0: peace goodbye goodbye